Here we are on a Thursday at Cabin's Group. Happy to be out here, as we always are every week. We do have Parker back in the Buffalo Wild Wings studios. Plank did his usual great job. Now we're here to try and do just the same right here. Steelman and Thune at noon on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network here at Cabin's. They are an official sponsor. They are sponsoring the uh, Crosstown Clash tonight, Norman and Norman North at Owen Field. They've given a bunch of money uh, to help sponsor this great event. That's what they do, give back to the community. By the way, that game is tonight, beginning at 6.30 with the pregame show on KREF Sports TV, kickoff time set for 7.30. So here at Cavens, where they are the very best in the business at what they do, mold removal, emergency water extraction, structural drying, all kinds of uh, cleanup jobs. Cavens, they are the very best at doing all of these. Hoarding cleanup, hallway, smoke fire damage cleanups, tornado and storm damage, emergency response. Cavens Group is the answer. 13 years in the business with a tremendous reputation. We will hear from Gary a little bit later on. And, again, those phone numbers, lock them in your phone. I would put them in your contacts. Cavens Emergency in the metro area, 405-573-3048 in Tulsa, 918-282-7612. And their brand-new toll-free number, 800-594-4437, online at Cavins, C-A-V-I-N-S, CavinsGroup.com. They also do roofing. Chris Smith uh, Mr. Roofing here at Cabins wants me to uh, make sure and fill you in that they are the very best uh, with roofing repair and inspections as well. All right, uh, let's inspect with uh, our expert here, Mr. Parker Thune, the very latest on the uh, Dominic McKinley situation. Friday, tomorrow at 3.30, making his uh, commitment known. The Sooners have made a late surge, some think. Oklahoma may be leading at this juncture. Parker, what's the latest? Well, I'll be I'll be a hundred percent honest with you, Steely. Uh, this one obviously has been back and forth and back and forth all week between Oklahoma and Texas A and M. We went en- into the week thinking that Texas was the school that had the best shot, but in talking to a really good Texas source uh, after the show yesterday, I kind of confirmed what we already suspected, which is that it's not going to be Texas tomorrow and that Texas doesn't expect it to be them tomorrow. Oklahoma and Texas A&M are the two schools that have positioned themselves best throughout the week to get the commitment from the five-star defensive lineman out of Lafayette, Louisiana. And I I would have said A&M on Tuesday, or I'm sorry, I would have said A&M on Monday, was probably still leaning A&M Tuesday. Yesterday morning, I had some conversations that had me leaning towards OU a little bit, but by yesterday afternoon slash evening, uh, I would say my leaning favors Texas A&M once again in the race for McKinley. Now, uh, it's not over by any stretch of the imagination. Todd Bates and the staff are pulling out all the stops, as are the Sooner commits, to try and make sure that they close out Dominic McKinley in the final 24 hours, 24, 36 hours of this recruiting process. But if you ask me right now where the kid commits tomorrow, as things stand, I would say Texas A&M. What I will emphasize is that, again, this is a highly fluid situation and one in which there's already been a lot of movement this week. So my answer right now at 12.07 on Thursday afternoon 
Might not be the same answer that I have for you tomorrow at this time, but I do give Texas A&M the slight advantage right now. So it sounds like uh, we're at the Kentucky Derby coming down the stretch, and uh, maybe A&M is a nose ahead, maybe a length ahead, but the Sooners are still right there with a shot. That's a good way of putting it. I didn't figure we were going to have an equestrian analogy from you to kick off this show, but well done. Thank you. Thank you very much. So there you go. All right, 3.35 tomorrow for uh, that big announcement. And, uh, man, if Oklahoma can land Dominic McKinley, and it appears they are still very much in this race down the stretch, then that would be the second five-star defensive lineman the Sooners would have gotten a commitment from in six days going back to last Saturday night with the uh, big commitment they got from David Stone, which was gigantic. All right, uh, you had... Another Sooner prospect on uh, your pod last night, OU Insider. And uh, you guys also broke down the uh, Dominic McKinley situation as well uh, in one of your recent pods. But uh, let's hear from Daniel Akinkunmi, the big offensive lineman, 6'5", 305 pounds, out of England and uh, visiting Oklahoma this weekend also has uh, offers and visits planned we'll talk about. I know that Clemson has gotten involved, Miami, Old Miss, Georgia Tech, Miami, and others. We'll talk more about that after we hear from uh, Daniel Akinkunmi. And you, again, had a chance to interview him on your pod. And here's what he said about what he likes about Oklahoma. Um, I feel like the ability to want to create a relationship um, Coach Brent Venables and Coach Venables always calling me all the time, messaging me, texting me, make sure I'm okay, make sure everything's going well. So I feel like they really want to build a connection with you as a person. They already know I've not played football for long, so they're just trying to teach me the game as as I go, making sure I know certain things, make sure I'm good as a person. So I feel like things like that, the small things like that really help. So the plan is of right now is to take... Um, the rest of my OVs in September, then after that, to hopefully make a decision in October. There you go. Uh, so the Sooners' chances with this kid visiting uh, this weekend, and he is a three-star prospect, but again, he is part of the uh, kind of that NFL uh, Europe training program, and uh, he certainly looks like he has the raw size and uh, untapped ability right now, but uh, they like him a lot. Where does Oklahoma stand with him right now? And, again, who are the other suitors for uh, Daniel Akinkunmi? Yeah, well, what Daniel Akinkunmi told me on the front end of that interview, uh, that conversation with him, which I recorded on Monday, so it's been a few days. He's on his way to Oklahoma for his official visit right now on a long plane flight. But uh, what he told me his plans for the month of September are, it's very interesting because, obviously, he is from England. He plays for NFL Academy, and so – when you play American football in England, you can't really adhere to any sort of regular game schedule. It's not like over here in the States where you just play every Friday night and that's that. Nobody nobody really plays football in England other than NFL Academy. So they've got to pick up games internationally, got to pick up games when and where they can. So he actually doesn't play another game until the month of October. And so he's devoted his entire schedule in September to processing this decision and taking official visits. He's going to come to Oklahoma this weekend, obviously. He's going to then head to Clemson, Miami, Michigan, and Ole Miss. Those are the other four schools 
that he will visit officially. Uh, he took an official visit over the summer to Baylor. That was one of the very first schools that expressed interest in him. So his relationship with that Baylor staff dates back upwards of two years at this point. So that's another school that's in the picture. But, uh, man, with a kid like that, just kind of haven't gotten a sense for who he is and what moves the needle for him. That that very much feels like a guy that when you evaluate his list of suitors, the three schools that jump out at you as places where he would fit – are Oklahoma, Clemson, and Michigan. And that's really all you can go on when a kid has virtually no frame of reference for the schools he's going to be visiting, right? He's not all that familiar with the sport of American football itself, let alone the college football landscape. So he doesn't necessarily regard Oklahoma and Clemson and Michigan as inherently superior options than the other schools on his list, the way that many college football fans in this country would, simply because – he doesn't have the backdrop to understand the difference in brand between these programs and the difference in reputation. So he's approaching this from a different standpoint, naturally, and there's really no telling. There, There is no telling until he gets to Norman and gets the opportunity to experience the campus and then experience the other campuses that he's planned trips to subsequently. There's really no telling which way this swings, I will say it definitely sounds like Oklahoma has the relational leg up from the conversations that I've had with him. So that is one thing to feel good about if you're an OU football fan. All right, a lot more recruiting coming up. Any of your questions you have for Parker are always welcome, of course, on the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. 3439 on the Meyer Chevrolet text line. We got some football tonight, man. We've got uh, Florida at Utah, 7 o'clock on ESPN. We have Nebraska at Miami. We'll hear from Matt Rule a little bit later on, talk about the Huskers and the uh, Golden Gophers tonight. 7 o'clock kick there on Fox. You have Arkansas Pine Bluff at Tulsa. T.J. Eckert will join us at 135. We'll talk mainly Sooner football, but we'll ask him about uh, TU's opener tonight with Arkansas Pine Bluff. You had Kent, uh, Kent State and UCF on Fox Sports 1 tonight. NC State and UConn on the CBS Sports Network. South Dakota at Missouri. Any chance South Dakota pulls the upset? That would be nice, right? <laughs> Wouldn't Sooner fans love that one? Aren't they the Jackrabbits? I think they no, are. No, those are uh, that's South, that Dakota South Dakota State. State? South Dakota, right. University of South Dakota, they, they are the Coyotes or Coyotes, depending on uh, how you prefer you to say it. All right, well, go go Coyotes. Uh, and Southern Utah and Arizona State will play at 9 o'clock on the Pac-12 network, which you can get z- nowhere. Uh, so, again, those are the games tonight. We have games tomorrow night as well. Don't forget the Crosstown Clash, sponsored by Cavens Group, by the way. Tonight, Owen Field on krefsports.tv, 6.30 pregame, 7.30 kick on krefsports.tv tonight. All right. Thank you, as always, to Tim Lasher and his company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. They'll do a great job for you, 405-579-3113. Air conditioner, need some help? Probably does. Been working overtime, no doubt, dealing with these extreme temperatures we've been dealing with, even though it's dropped a little bit this week. Your A.C. has been working, working hard, running a marathon, maybe running out of steam down the stretch here. Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, they can get that taken care of for you. 
579-3113 to Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Uh, direct your call, and they will be there to get everything fixed just for you. All right, break time. Let's talk a little more Sooner football when we get back. Throw out a Twitter, or I'm sorry, a text line question for you. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. We'll get to that when we get back right here on the home of Sooner fans. Thursday here at Cavens Group, Mike Steely with you along with uh, Duke the Wonder Dog who is here getting some attention again today. Duke loves some attention and loves radio. And he loves the job they do here at Cavens Group. They're the best of the business. 13 years in the business now with the best reputation. Uh, mold removal, emergency water extraction, structural drying, emergency sewage cleanup, trauma, crime scene, tear gas, biohazard cleanup, meth lab cleanup, emergency board ups, tornado, storm damage, emergency response, smoke and fire damage cleanups. Also, they uh, do roofing inspections, and uh, they will take a look at your roof and get it fixed for you. Uh, Chris and the uh, folks here do a great job with that as well. In the Oklahoma City metro area, 405-573-3048. In Tulsa, 918-282-7612. Their toll-free number now is 800-594-4437. Online at Cavens Group, C-A-V-I-N-S, CavensGroup.com. Gary will be joining us, uh, I believe, in the next segment, and we'll uh, we'll talk a little sooner football and what's happening here at Cavens. All right. Uh, I want to know on the text line, and, of course, you can ask anything you want. I know a bunch of you want to ask about recruiting or the depth chart or whatever, and that's fine. But I also want to know, do you have or what is your Sooner Saturday ritual? What is your Sooner Saturday ritual? How you get up, how you go about your tailgating business, uh, all of that stuff, if you have a ritual, a ritual maybe that uh, you think brings you good luck or something you try and avoid that you think might bring uh, the OU football team some bad luck, I want to know about your Sooner Saturday ritual, 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. All right, uh, Parker, any other recruiting notes we need to get to before we get to the text line? Anything new on Grant Bricks or Nigel Smith or uh, Michael Boganowski or anybody down the stretch, uh, Okoye, any other news? I I will tell you this, as was initially reported by my colleague Brandon Drum on OUinsider.com back on Monday, Oklahoma – is getting five-star athlete Terry Bussey back on campus this weekend, mm. which is a pretty interesting development, especially considering the fact that they are recruiting Bussey as a wide receiver, and they've already got five wide receiver commits. So, again, like Bussey's the type of guy, and we've talked about this, where if he wants to jump on board, you're not going to tell him no. But by the same token, it does create some interesting possibilities as to what you might – the struggles and the challenges that you might face down the stretch, keeping half a dozen wide receivers committed to the same institution. That might get hairy. But that said, Oklahoma is still in the market for Bussey services. Had a couple conversations with sources last night about him. And basically, here's what it amounts to. Look, he's going to make his decision later this fall. 
this is in all likelihood the last chance that Oklahoma is going to get to make a strong impression on Bussy before he makes that decision. What I was told and speaking to a source very, very close to the Bussy recruitment is that like it's a and M and LSU at the top, which is kind of what everybody figured, right? East Texas kid. There's a pull to a and M. There's a pull to LSU for kids like that. There's a strong OU pipeline from the Tyler area naturally, but that's not where Terry Bussey hails from. He's from Timpson, Texas. So LSU is in it. Texas A&M is in it. But that source told me, man, that kid loves Oklahoma. He loves Emmett Jones. He loves the soul mission. And, yeah, A&M and LSU are his top two right now. But if there is a school that pulls him away from A&M and or LSU, it will be Oklahoma, and I would not be shocked at all if he ended up there. Again, sources words, not mine. I still think Bussy is a long shot for Oklahoma, even if this visit does go swimmingly this weekend. But we've seen crazy things happen on the recruiting trail. And also, Emmett Jones is really good at his job. I don't yeah, know if is. there is a reality yeah, that has is. been more evident over the last seven months. So we'll see, man. We'll see. They got a shot. Five-star wide receiver Terry Bussey, and I believe his commitment date is September 28th. Is that right? Yeah, Which and I-, I, was, I was also told it wouldn't be shocking if that gets moved back. Hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's head there. We have T.J. Eckert at 135. Uh, Gary Cabin's going to join us for a little bit the next segment. Let's see what you guys have to say. Well, we got uh, we got a quite a diverse variety of answers to the Saturday ritual question. Ronnie Crimson says, Ritual, get up at 7.30, put Bailey's in the coffee, and keep drinking up until kickoff, then lose my voice at the game. Uh, Blue Whale Sooner says, on the subject of Saturday rituals, what's the programming schedule for Saturday? Uh, Well, yes, quick aside on that. Pre-game show starts at 7 o'clock. It's going to feature Steely, it's going to feature Tyler McComas, and it'll obviously feature Toby and Teddy. So, the pre-game show runs from 7 o'clock to 10 o'clock, This Saturday morning, they're going to be out at a variety of locations around campus, Balfour of Norman, Boyd Street Ventures, as well as O'Connell's after the game, post-game show with Tyler and Travis. Uh, Other Sooner rituals, Saturday rituals on the text line, Uh, (laughs) from the 580, I change the OU shirt at halftime if they're losing, and if that doesn't work, quit watching on TV Go to my shop and listen to the game on the radio. <laughs> it's amazing that uh, as a kid, I said, and if you've been listening for a while, you've probably heard this story, but I had, you know, you had to listen to the games on the radio. I can still remember listening to that OU Southern Cal game out at the Coliseum. SC was number one in the country. The Sooners were somewhere in the top five, I believe. Uh, Barry Switzer, they just won, I think, Switzer's first game was in Waco at Baylor, and then they went out to USC. Uh, that was Joe Washington's punt return. That he, I think he netted like two yards, but he ran for like 100. But anyway, they tie USC, and I can still remember that game uh, because on the big plays that I couldn't take, I would go to the bathroom and brush my teeth real quick, like fourth and one for the Sooners. They really need this, you know, and I would run to the bathroom, brush my teeth, and come back and find out what happened. Now, I don't do that anymore, but as a kid for about three years, I did that on a lot of the big plays. And most of those plays, uh, as 
if you're as old as me, you'll you'll know during the Switzer era where there was a lot of Sooner magic, most of those plays worked out in OU's favor. So that's why I kept doing it. So there you go. Micah from Kanawha says, Sooner Saturday ritual, one, set the shotgun by the door. Two, every time OU scores, run outside, let out a redneck yell, and fire off three rounds into the side, into the sky. <laughs> That's about as Oklahoma as it gets. Is that a retired uh, roughneck there? Everybody has experienced, uh, you know, what they thought was probably a busted eardrum, being surprised by one of the, uh, the roughneck shotgun blasts at one point. Cherokee Sooner says, every Saturday, Mrs. Cherokee and I call my sister, who is an Oklahoma State alum, and trash talk to cowpokes. Uh, Tana in Texas has a good one. We have a bobblehead that only comes out on game day. Each time OU scores, every person in the room goes and bobbles the head. This guy has been around for like 20 years, and his fingers and shoes are broken. There have been games when the bobble's head gets almost knocked off due to all the scoring. There you go. I like that. That's a ritual right there. Want to know your Sooner Saturday rituals. And, again, as Parker uh, noted there a few moments ago, our pregame show begins at 7 a.m. Coming up this Saturday morning, uh, we'll kick it off with uh, Toby and Teddy at Balfour beginning at 7 a.m. From 8 to 10, I will be at Balfour. Tyler McComas will be at Boyd Street Ventures. uh, And we'll give you a lot of sound, a lot of insight, a lot of takes on uh, this Sooner uh, season that begins on Saturday against Arkansas State, and then our post game show with Tyler and Travis Davidson at the legendary O'Connell's. All happening right there on Campus Corner. Oh man, Campus Corner is still a great place. Still a great place. And uh, I got to tell you, being born in Norman and uh, spending all but about four years of my life in the state of Oklahoma, the majority of those in the uh, the Norman, Oklahoma City area, it was uh, it was something that came naturally, becoming a Sooner fan, because I can remember as a kid, before I went to my first Sooner game, being outdoors playing football, I was probably, I don't know, I think my first game, I was uh, almost seven years old, but hearing the roars from the stadium uh, before I really knew what was going on and wondering what the heck that was, and uh, little... Did I know that it would become a big more, a part of my career, of course, later in life? So, Norman born, Norman bred, and uh, Campus Corner is always a great place to be on a Sooner football Saturday. All right, break time here at Cavens Group, another winning organization just like Oklahoma football. We'll hear from the leader, Gary Cavens, when we get back right here on the home of Sooner fans, the ref. We are back, and we've got the man right here, ladies and gentlemen. We are ready for his opening week press conference for Sooner Football, Mr. Gary Cavins right here. I ask a question of our text line, uh, do you have a Sooner Saturday ritual? Uh, and that can be anything from some kind of special tailgate or something you do to bring OU good luck or avoid bad luck. Do you guys have a Sooner Saturday ritual that you go through? You know, when we go to games, we uh, we always go through. Uh, we always try to get the hamburgers at the engineering cookout. Okay. So that's that's one of them uh, right there, and uh, that's probably the one that's been the most true uh, through and through. And you feel like that served you well over the years in terms of wins and losses, and uh, so you keep going back. Plus, I hear those yeah. burgers are pretty good. They are pretty good. Yeah. Yes, they are. All right. Uh, Crosstown clash tonight. Norman 
Norman North, 6.30 pregame, krefsports.tv, krefsports.tv, 7.30 kickoff, back at Owen Field, first time in, I think, three, maybe four years. And uh, you guys, I know you don't like to toot your own horn on this a lot, so I, I open up the uh, the horn section for you here to let you talk about yourself a little bit because you guys gave uh, some money to make this possible, I know. Uh, I saw the big paycheck last week, and you talked about investing in the community, and uh, Caven's group is uh, the, the headline sponsor here. Yeah, we're thrilled to be the presenting sponsor of the Norman High, Norman North game at uh, Owen Field this evening, uh, 7.30 kickoff. We're super excited about it. Um, both uh, Jessica Cavins and myself uh, both graduated, went through Norman Public Schools, and uh, we're just um, super thrilled to be part of this. Both of our kids are in Norman Public Schools, and um, you know, we just think this is a great event and we're super excited to be part of it. And, you know, it's like we always say, it's a, a big part of us at Cavens is to give back to the community that gives so much to us. There you go. And again, that will be on krefsports.tv tonight, 630 pregame show, 730 kick Norman and Norman North from Owen Field tonight on a Thursday. And again, the Sooners start their season uh, Saturday morning, 11 a.m. against Arkansas State. So Gary brings in a, a file folder here, and uh, it has all his certificates from classes he's attended. We told you that the one thing they do here, Cavens already has the best reputation, the most crews, and uh, the most credibility in this business in the area. But they don't stop and rest on their laurels at all. Gary is always going to these classes and everything. And he, so he brings in this file folder with all the certificates of these courses he's completed. This thing is so thick, it looks like Tolstoy's War and Peace here. It, it's amazing. <laughs> so there have got to be, I said, if you framed all of those uh, certificates, it would take up an entire wall. There have got to be at least 50 in there. Amazing. It is. Uh, you know, and that's an important part of our uh, uh, how we operate here at Cavens. It's it's not just giving back to the community, but it's also educating us, continuing to educate our employees, and to make sure that we're on the cutting edge of the industry and in the environmental industry for fire, water, mold, storm damage, crime scene, emergency board up. We want to make sure that we're the best of the best in the great state of Oklahoma. When people think of water damage, fire damage, uh, mold, uh, crime, any of that kind of stuff that's emergency response-based construction, uh, remediation, restoration. We want everybody to think Cavens. There you go. All right. Uh, how are you feeling heading into Saturday, and how are you feeling about the outlook uh, for Brent's second year with the Sooners? I'm excited. I'm super excited. I'm excited to get in there and, and get some football going. It's it's time. It's I'm ready to see it. I'm ready to see what they can do, and what they're going to go out there and do on Saturday. And I'm, I'm super excited about his second season and um, getting, seeing what he's accomplishing and uh, what he's teaching these kids and, and what kind of uh, tactics and plans he has in his playbook for this season. So, uh, you know, it's a, uh, the start of any OU football season is uh, super exciting. Um, everybody's always thrilled to see how it's going to start out. And it, this is the, the first chapter in the book for this football season. So I think it's, I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be an awesome Saturday and, um, I'm really excited. There you go. Gary Cavins, ladies and gentlemen, he's got the best company in the business, emergency, uh, cleanup, disaster response, Cavins group, 405. 405- Five seven three thirty forty eight in uh, the Tulsa area. It is nine one eight two eight two 
800-584-7612. The new toll-free number, 800-584, or I'm sorry, 594-4437 at Cavens Group. Any uh, final words of wisdom you want to impart to people about what you do and uh, what you're dealing with right now? You know, we're, we're dealing with a lot of mold still and a lot of uh, we've had some emergency water calls and stuff like that. Um, water heaters that have broken and flooded and uh, broken uh, toilet lines that are connected that have broken and flooded homes and a, a couple of offices. And, you know, we're just we're here to help 24-7-365. All you have to do is pick up the phone. And when it comes to water, fire, mold, storm damage, crime scene, um, even commercial maintenance on our other side and uh, roofing, um, just give us a call. There you go. Gary, we appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Gary Cavins, uh, the man here at Cavins Group. All right, Parker, we have some more text to go to on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Let's do it. Kevin in Tulsa says, my Saturday ritual is to jab pins in a mule shoe voodoo doll. <laughs> there you go. I like that. Where do you get the mule shoe voodoo doll? I, I would like to have one. Mm, that feels like, mm, I feel like you got to go to like a hole in the wall crafting shop to find one of those. But you yeah, find one prob- of those that's run by a big right. enough Sooner fan, you could probably dig one up. My question is, how accurate is the hairline? I don't know. I, I I wonder if uh, Mule Shoe's going to have to make a decision soon. Rogaine, or I I don't even know if Rogaine is even a big deal anymore. Maybe just uh, maybe he needs to get just a wig, a toupee. My game day ritual says a listener in the four hundred five consists of shaving with a new blade and finding a brewski that has red in the name or the type. <laughs> That's pretty specific, right there. There you go. From the 405 as well, my game day ritual. One, leave home two hours before kickoff. Two, take all of my OU caps and leave them in the trunk except for the one I wear. Three, park near Benvenuti's and walk directly to my gate. Four, fight my way through security. Five, hit the restroom. Six, fill, fill my clear water bottle. Seven, grab some food. Eight, head to my seat. Nine, get my binoculars ready. And ten, I'm ready. Wow, whole 10-step process. That's a man with a game plan right there. That is a man with a game plan. He might have one of those little uh, small, uh, you know, little sheets of paper like Mike Leach. Well, Neil Sue later did it too, of course. But uh, Or maybe he has one of the giant Waffle House menu deals that uh, Mark Mangino always had too. From <laughs> Never mind, I can't read that one. Can't read that one. From the 918. Uh, Bad Brad says, I put out all our inflatables, makes my wife mad so she won't talk to me or ask me who's playing. Sooner inflatables, there you go. We, we've got a neighbor in our neighborhood. They haven't done it recently, but every, I, I don't know if it was a budget crunch or what, but every holiday there would be giant inflatables out there. Halloween, Easter, Christmas, everything. And I'm talking about, uh, I would say they're they're kind of cheesy inflatables, too. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe your new ritual should be going to get some uh, brand-new general booty underwear oh, and man, wearing you, a pair. Yeah, that's it was a pretty elite photo shoot for the uh, general booty promo. It was interesting, and I don't know 
What would be the best adjective to use there to describe the General Booty photo shoot? I think I might go with creepy. <laughs> creepy would be one word. Uh, let's see what else we got in the way of rituals on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Uh, from the 405, wake up, mess around with the missus, put on my lucky OU socks and head to Norman. Wake up and mess around with the misses. All right, there you go. That can be taken a variety of ways. From the 708, that's Illinois, I tune into the KREF pregame show to start the day and then escape from the family to a different room for the game so they don't have to look at me and see how much of the happiness in my life depends on the outcome of Sooners football. Now, if you watch at home or maybe on the patio or whatever, you have to avoid the over-talkers. That is one of the keys. You know, it's it's not as bad as Super Bowl weekend, but if you've got the guy who's, you know, the offensive and defensive coordinator or you've got the lady there who is not interested in anything football but wants to talk about her Facebook group or crocheting or something like that, you've got to avoid those people at all costs on a uh, on a Sooner Football Saturday if you're watching at home. Uh, John from Tulsa says, my ritual is waking up, having a beer, take a shower, have a beer, head to Logie's, have more beers, walk to the stadium with a beer, then watch my Sooners go to battle with a beer. There you go. That Again, another game plan. Now, I don't know. Hopefully uh, he's got an Uber or not driving, but for, that is a game plan. For the sake of, well, all of us. I will omit this listener's identity. But a listener on the text line says, Every Saturday on game day, I slip my wife some Xanax so she gets off my back for once, and I can enjoy game day while she's passed out in the bedroom. Good Lord! There you go. All righty then. All right. 405 might end up on a Dateline episode being uh, interviewed by Keith Morrison someday. But, hey, if it works for you, just be very, very careful. Actually, don't do that. All right, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, TJ Eckert, 135 today. Here at Cavens Group on a Thursday, break time right here. Back to your text. We're talking a lot more Sooner football. We're going to hear from Matt Rule, the Nebraska coach, on their matchup with Minnesota tonight. And uh, hear from Dylan Gabriel here in a little bit as well, right here on The Ref. Here at Cabins on a Thursday, Mike Steele, Parker Thune with you, the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. And uh, I want to tell you, we did hear the uh, clip from Daniel Akinkunmi, the offensive lineman from England, on his way uh, to Norman for a visit with the Sooners. Uh, that was our Ortho Central clip of the day. Ortho Central with clinics in Norman, Midwest City, and now a Tri-City location serving Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard, these full-service clinics treat orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. Riverwind Casino, always something to do, money, bonus play on the line, get your wild card, get out there and play at Riverwind Casino and uh, take part in their 50K Harvest Winnings promotion happening. It's underway, the first drawings, first round of drawings happen on Saturday night. Get out there and collect your share of uh, $50,000 this month in cash and bonus play. The newly redesigned, revamped gaming floor looks amazing. The casino 
uh, is the best in the Metro, and the best just got even better. Nearly 3,000 electronic games, best gaming, including your favorite table games, world-class hotel, great bars and dining, great promotions, and again, shows are back at the Showplace Theater. Next up, we just had the Counting Crows last Friday. We already had Earth, Wind, and Fire, Collective Soul, Josh Turner, Gabriel Iglesias, the comedian, Dwight Yoakam, again, Counting Crows last Friday. Uh, on the way in September, REO Speedwagon, Chicago. We also have uh, Foreigner in October, Carly Pierce in October, Rodney Carrington with a couple shows, Aaron Lewis on the way, Flatland Cavalry, and Boys to Men. And one final Beats and Bites show. We completed the summer round at Beats and Bites, presented by Coupe Ale Works. Uh, we had uh, 38 Special and Blue Oyster Colt, uh, Mark Chestnut, Shenandoah, Tracy Bird, Gary Allen, uh, last week, and to put this on your calendar, October 22nd, the Gin Blossoms with Tonic and Wakeland Beats and Bites in October. That'll be nice. They'll be on the Beats and Bites uh, Coupe Works stage on October 22nd. Get your tickets at riverwind.com. Uh, Beats and Bites shows are only 10 bucks. Kids under 12 get in free. And you can also get uh, your tickets, of course, to all of these shows at uh, the casino box office right over there by the Showplace Theater. All right, let's get some text in. T.J. Eckert next hour. A lot more Sooner football to talk about as we get ready for the uh, Saturday season opener with Arkansas State. But let's get to the text line. From a listener in the 915, that's in Texas somewhere. I don't know where. But this 915 listener says, 7.30 a.m., wake up, make coffee, iron my husband's crimson jersey, 8.30, 8.30, wake up my husband once he's football ready. Watch Real Housewives. My husband's schedule is 8.30, wake up, put on the jersey, homework for OU online class, and then football. Except this Saturday, we are almost there, and we'll be with you all. So sounds like they're making it to town for game day. There you go. There you go. You know what? I, I, I think in my life I have ironed less than 10 times. Really? Yes, I'm not wow. an ironer. I don't iron. <laughs> by the by, the way, that listener last segment that said, I slipped my wife some Xanax so she gets off mm-hmm. my back and I can enjoy yeah. game day. He did follow up and say, for legal reasons, that was a joke and I don't have a wife. I gotcha. I gotcha. And, uh, but like I said, you could very well end up on a Dateline episode with Keith Morrison if that was real. But I kind of figured that wasn't real. Five-star Randy says, eat breakfast while watching the rooster kick off with a laughing emoji. A 918 listener says, I go to my car out front, turn on the radio, and only go inside if a good play happens to see the replay on TV or to fill my vodka soda up. I wonder, uh, it's not like rooster kickoffs are going away once Oklahoma gets to the SEC, but the number of roosters may decline, hopefully. Because the Sooners have been the king of the roosters in college football, it feels like, doesn't it? I, I'm sure there's truth to that, but I also wonder how much of that is due to the perception from within the Oklahoma bubble. Because are we really crunching the numbers here to compare how many rooster kickoffs Oklahoma has had relative to everybody else in college football? Like, I'm not questioning the fact that Oklahoma has more rooster kickoffs than the average college football team, but I'd be willing to bet there's at least a handful of other schools out there 
that are just as fed up with how many rooster kickoffs they get as Oklahoma is. Well, we in the media, we like the roosters, right? Because you can get back, you can get, well, and look, I don't do post game anymore, but I did that for years and years and years. But for you guys, uh, with a rooster, at least you get to get back and see, uh, you know, the evening's college football and maybe some of the very late, maybe fourth quarter of some of the, uh, like, 2.30 games or something, right? Yeah, I... 11 a.m. kickoff, I will say this, and this is, again, this is a matter of perspective. From where I stand, Steely, I do not hate 11 o'clock a.m. kickoffs at all because the game gets over, you wrap up everything post-game related by 4, 4.30, and you can actually go home and enjoy the evening. So as a member of the media, I actually don't mind 11 a.m. kickoffs. I understand for fans, they're maybe not as desirable. But also, man, I just, I think for everybody... There is that reality that if you go and watch an 11 a.m. game, you do have your whole evening ahead of you once the game is over, right? You can go back and you can watch the 7 p.m. kickoffs, the primetime games. That That's not really a luxury you're afforded if you're kicking right. off at 2.30 or in the afternoon evening. I uh, I don't like – I would probably like the 2.30 less, but at least you want to see a few uh, less roosters. For me, either a uh, the evening one, probably rooster number two, and then the 2.30. All right, got to get out of here for hour number one. Thanks to last year, Home Comfort Systems, another award-winning, maybe, uh, hour coming up, T.J. Eckert at 1.35. Keep it right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Here at Cavens Group on a Thursday. Getting ready for the Sooners opener Saturday morning. Our pregame show begins at 7 a.m. We'll be uh, all over Campus Corner Saturday, 7 a.m., beginning with T-Row and Teddy at Bow 4 of Norman from uh, 8 to 10. I will be at Bow 4. Uh, to see Jerry and the crew over there with all the great Sooner stuff. And uh, Tyler McComas will be at Boyd Street Ventures from 8 to 10. And then afterwards, Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson at the legendary O'Connell's Irish Pub and Grill after the game on a Saturday. So we'll be all over Campus Corner. Can't wait, as Bart Scott said. I know it's Arkansas State, but, hey, remember a couple years ago, Arkansas State went into Manhattan. Now that's a much different situation. Yeah, and uh, uh, don't but, don't mention what happened the next week, Steely. And what did happen the next well, week? Well, I'll tell you what happened. What you're referencing, yes, Arkansas State went to Manhattan mm-hmm. and won beat right? Kansas State. The next week, Kansas State came to Norman, yeah. down half their team due to COVID nineteen protocols, and rallied from a twenty one point hole to beat Oklahoma. I remember that very well, very well. And I was somebody beat Iowa State that year because remember K State, yeah, Louisiana. That's right. It was Billy Napier. Yep, correct. It was Billy Napier. They went something like ten and one that year. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, uh, you never know. You never know what could happen. But look, the Sooners should roll in this one. Uh, if they don't roll, heads are going to roll, and the taxon will be very interesting. But. Uh, what is an acceptable margin of victory, uh, Parker Thune, for the Sooners to One win by? One million points. You sound like my uncle again. My uncle's going to pick, I'm sure, you know, 
78 to 2 or something like that tomorrow with T Row. But what do you think? Uh, the line is, what was the latest line? Was it like, like 32 and a half, I thought? 32 and a half, really? Oh, was it, was it more than that? I, I thought the last I saw was like 37, 37 and a half. So, but. in general, with these games, it's, it doesn't really feel like a win unless you cover. I think Oklahoma covered by a point last year against UTEP in the opener. Uh, obviously, they covered against Kent State, barely covered against Nebraska. So those were all, despite how the can, uh, despite how the Kent State game went with the Sooners' offense floundering for much of the first half, you felt pretty good about those three games, not only because you won, but because you won in the manner that Vegas expected you to win, and more so. So for Oklahoma on Saturday, I think most fans would not only like to see the Sooners win, but they'll be a little bit, I, I, I wouldn't say uneasy, but they'll feel like something was left to be desired if Oklahoma doesn't cover that spread, whatever it ends up being. Yeah, and it, but the other thing is, keep in mind, Brent said he wished he would have played a lot more of the young guys last year, right? So they're going to give uh, Jackson Arnold, I would think, uh, a lot of uh, chances out there on Saturday and, and some of the other young guys. So maybe that keeps the score down a little bit. I don't know. Maybe those young guys who are highly thought of Come out and just keep rolling, but uh, we'll see. Um, speaking of uh, quarterbacks, Dylan Gabriel, last year, you know, he caught the wrath of Sooner fans from time to time, but you saw what that offense was like without Dylan Gabriel, and it was uh, it was a dumpster fire. Clearly the Cotton Bowl, and uh, after he went down against TCU, two-game Sooner fans would love to forget but, uh, you know, like you look at his numbers last year versus Quinn Ewers, who everybody's touting again and talking about still going to be a high draft pick potentially. But his numbers beat Quinn Ewers in every single area, every one of them. But yet uh, Quinn Ewers is still getting the hype and Dylan Gabriel is still getting the question marks from a lot of the uh, pundits out there. And look, Dylan Gabriel uh, last year, was not a, a great quarterback. He was a solid quarterback for Oklahoma, but he overthrew too many receivers, wasn't good enough on third or fourth down. But still, I think, uh, you know, to put the blame for a lot of the Sooners' troubles on Dylan Gabriel's is, is a mistake. It was mainly that defense. But let's hear from Dylan Gabriel. Uh, you lose, you know, if you think about Oklahoma's four best players from a year ago, you go with... Marvin Mims, even though Marvin Mims had some drops last year. Eric Gray had a sensational season, no doubt about it. Uh, Braden Willis was spectacular, made the roster with the 49ers. And Dylan Gabriel, three of those guys are gone. Well, Gray, Eric Gray, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mentioned Eric Gray. Eric Gray, Braden Willis, Marvin Mims, uh, but Gabriel is back, yet the Sooners have recruited pretty well. They've added through the portal and uh, they've got a lot of newcomers at wide receiver. There is no doubt about that. And, uh, you know, you talk about you've got Jalil Farouk, Drake Stoops, and Andrew Anthony uh, starting according to the depth chart, which that's going to happen. But you've got guys out there like uh, Jacquez Petaway. Uh, you've got um, clearly they've been talking up Gavin Freeman again, uh, Nick Anderson, Jaden Gibson, a lot of other uh, potential guys that can catch the football 
for Oklahoma. So let's hear what Dylan Gabriel had to say the other day about uh, this situation he said he feels good about all the newcomers right now at wide receiver i do young guys that are you know may not have played as much football but guys that can uh do a lot of things that are are very talented as well so uh uh, excited like i said to to watch them go at it and go play someone else man i'm just i'm I'm excited uh, to play ball i think uh you know from that that last game to now is something we've been very eager to step back on that field and um play ball so it's you know ball is ball it's 11 on 11 and can't wait to go do it there you go uh what are you thinking about dylan gabriel this season how much of a leap can he make well i think honestly a lot of that depends on receiver play and i think you know we tend to think about it in terms of well how can the quarterback elevate his receivers Oh, that's a that's a two way street. How can the receivers elevate Dylan Gabriel as a quarterback? And yes, Dylan Gabriel left some meat on the bone last year. He himself would tell you he could have been better, and in twenty twenty three he expects to be better. But it also must be acknowledged that Oklahoma's receivers could have been better a season ago, and they cost Dylan gave Gabriel several touchdown passes that he probably should have had, several first down throws that should have moved the chains and sustained. Oklahoma's drives there were multiple instances over the course of the season where Dylan Gabriel put a pass exactly where it needed to be and for one reason or another the receiver didn't make a play on the ball and it was no singular individual that was generally culpable it was a shared responsibility across the receiver room but you do have Mims departing and in the wake of that departure it does beg the question, who's going to step up? Jalil Farouk, Drake Stoops, obviously those are your two established members of the core, guys that have done it at a high level at the University of Oklahoma. But it's going to take more than those two guys. Venables has been bullish on Gavin Freeman. I have been bullish on Nick Anderson. Uh, obviously, LV Bunkley-Shelton earned a spot on the two deep, as did Jaden Gibson. So these are guys that you know, I, I, I'm curious to see how they look individually when the season gets started and how much of that is going to elevate Gabriel's play, because it's a lot easier as a quarterback when you don't have to throw receivers open when they are that when they are creating separation of their own accord. And it also helps to have guys with athletic lengthy frames like that of Andrew Anthony Anderson, as well as Jaden Gibson. It helps when you have guys like that with a larger catch radius where maybe you don't have to put the ball ball exactly where it needs to be in order to complete a pass and pick up a good chunk of yards. All right, 405-651-3439 here at Cavens Group, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, if you want to throw away those old man reading glasses, here's what you need to do. You need to call... Dr. Bellardo and the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center of Oklahoma. They can get you taken care of, all right? And uh, Dr. B has been the leader, along with his team, in vision correction in this area, the Oklahoma City metro area, for over 20 years. You can call them today at 405-755-7700 for your free consultation from Dr. Bellardo. Go to the newlasik.com, and they'll explain everything you uh, probably, if you're uh, into your 40s or either farsighted or nearsighted, they can get you taken care of and make sure you are seeing at your best 
for as long as you can, hopefully for the rest of your life. And like they always say, if you want to see far and you want to see near, you have to come here to the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. Also check out thenewlasik.com, 405-755-7700. All right, uh, do we have time to get a couple texts in real quick? I think we do. Uh, from the 405 with JFA as the backup, it should give DG the green light to tuck it and run more, which will open things up for him as well. Yeah, Venables was well, – no, it wasn't Venables. It was Levy that was asked about that earlier this week, and Levy himself acknowledged, yeah, look, Dylan's got to be mobile if we're going to unlock the full extent of his game and he's going to be operating at max effectiveness from behind center. So, yeah, you'll see Dylan Gabriel moving the ball with his legs as well as with his arm. Uh, Sooner Soldier says it's no secret that DG's accuracy and good passes were bad enough that they couldn't even be intercepted by the opponent. I, I, I guess I don't really understand that. Hang on, I have to read it back. It's no secret that DG's accuracy and good passes were bad enough that they couldn't even be intercepted by the opponent. I, that, I, that doesn't really make sense to me, Sooner Soldier. Can you clarify the intent behind that? Text? I guess that he's be- trying to say that some of the passes were so off the mark that not even the defenders were in range to make a make a pick, right? Perhaps. Maybe that's it. Uh, from a, another 405 listener, random question, what happened to T.D. Roof? Well, he, he just decided to be done with football after suffering that preseason torn bicep last year. He would have been a sixth-year senior at OU. Uh, but he's done with football. Loco Ohio says, I don't want to be this guy, but I am that guy. What's the news on Mount McKinley? Referring, of course, to five-star defensive lineman Dominic McKinley. Stay tuned for that. We will get back around to that, if not this hour, certainly in the 2 o'clock hour on Locked In. Uh, we can talk about it in the next segment for a few. Yeah, from the uh, from the 918, DG's stat line looks better, obviously, if we catch some of those passes. The win-loss record looks different if we catch some of those passes. He missed some passes, too, but receivers missed layups. I, remember, I think it was the West – yeah, it was the West Virginia game because it was rainy, and so maybe that's an excuse. But I was standing there in the south end zone at Milan Pushker Stadium, and Marvin Mims is running right toward me. He is 10 yards beyond anybody. And Dylan Gabriel drops it right in his bread basket, and Marvin Mims just dropped the ball, just couldn't come up with it. And that was one of many instances in which Gabriel put the ball where it needed to be and the receivers just couldn't complete the play. Zach wants to know, does that a-hole that knocked out DG still play for TCU? Jamoy Hodge? Yes, he is still know. a TCU Horned Frog. Jamoy Hodge, yes, that, uh, that was a vicious, dirty hit. TCU, man, they went hunting for quarterbacks last year. There's no doubt, no doubt about it. All right, here at Cavens Group on a Thursday, T.J. Ecker will join us at 135. We'll talk a lot of college, obviously Sooner football, and Tulsa opens the season tonight at Chapman Stadium against Arkansas Pine Bluff. We'll ask him about uh, T.U., what he's thinking about Kevin Wilson's squad. We've got more text on the way. Let's update you on the uh, Dominic McKinley situation when we get back right here on the ref. As to what they do, 13 years in the business, giving back to the community. Uh, headline sponsor of the uh, Crosstown Clash tonight, which you can see on krefsports.tv. Pre-game beginning at 6.30. They'll be at Owen Field tonight. Norman and Norman North going at it. Kickoff time 
is set for 7.30 tonight. KREFsports.tv will have it for you. By the way, um, man, I, I'm, a, I, I'm an idiot. I'm an absolute moron. I forgot Chris Plank is going to be out at Boyd Street Ventures tomorrow from 7 to 8 as well. I, Plank, I'm very sorry. You're a man of large stature in the industry. And uh, I omitted your name from the pregame coverage, and I sincerely apologize. Chris Plank will be out. It'll be T. Rowe and Teddy out at Balfour tomorrow morning from 7 to 8. Chris Plank from 7 to 8 at Boyd Street Ventures. I will be at Balfour. Can't wait to see Jerry and everybody out at Balfour. Come by and say hello uh, from 8 to 10 tomorrow or on uh, Saturday morning. Saturday. It's Saturday. Uh, and we'll have Tyler McComas over at Boyd Street Ventures um, for pregame. And then afterwards, we will have uh, Tyler and Travis Davidson at O'Connell's Irish Pub and Grill. Legendary spot, Norman History O'Connell's. They go hand in hand. And that's where our postgame show will be right here on The Ref coming up on Saturday. Okay, uh, somebody was asking. We covered it in the very first segment today. Uh, somebody was tardy to class again today. But the latest on Dominic McKinley, the five-star defensive lineman from Louisiana, uh, the Sooners, uh, gaining ground in this recruitment with a chance to land this kid uh, when he makes his commitment Friday at 3.30. But, uh, Parker, you think they're maybe slightly behind A&M, right? right yeah, now? it feels like – well, it feels like both these schools still have work to be done to close out McKinley's recruitment. And it's interesting. I think what's interesting about this situation is that I, I want to give credit to a good friend of mine and one of the biggest names in the recruiting industry, and that would be 24-7 Sports Director of Recruiting Steve Wiltfong, who – had a fantastic story yesterday with interviews uh, with both Dominic McKinley and his mother, Angie. And there's an there's quite an intriguing conflict of narratives here because Dominic McKinley told a national recruiting reporter earlier this week that he's had his decision done for about a month. His mother, on the other hand, in the story that Steve published yesterday, informed Steve that Dominic is still waffling down the stretch behind uh, between his final two and did not make it sound as though a decision had been finalized as of yet. So, which is true, I can't necessarily say, but they obviously can't both be true. So, it's a matter of uh, he sh- he said, she said. Now, it is Oklahoma and Texas A&M that are the final two. I think that sentiment is shared across the industry at that point. Obviously, I came out and reported that Monday night at a time where there was still a lot of buzz for Texas. That's progressively died off over the last 72 hours, and it's become clear that it's the Sooners and the Aggies that are in the best spot with McKinley. In all candor, I would lean Texas A&M right now. But I am not leaning Texas A and M any more heavily than I have leaned with leaned either OU or A and M throughout the week. At most throughout this week, I would I would say I've been fifty five forty five between the schools. Favored A and M Monday evening and Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon. It seemed very much up in the air. Wednesday morning was where I kind of started to get the sense. Okay, Oklahoma maybe pulling ahead here. And then by Wednesday afternoon, the trend once again was Texas A&M from everything I was hearing. So as of right now, 
one thirty on Thursday afternoon. I would say A and M has a slightly better chance than Oklahoma does, but again, it doesn't really feel like this is one that anybody is going to have pegged with a hundred percent certainty until the kid makes a decision publicly tomorrow at three thirty. And one thing I do know for sure is that neither staff. Neither the Oklahoma staff nor the Texas A&M staff has been informed of a final decision. There you go. There's your update right there on Dominic McKinley. And, again, the commitment, as Parker said, is coming up tomorrow afternoon at uh, right around 3.30. By the way, hour number two is always brought to you by Oklahoma Generator. They're family-owned and pride themselves on great customer service, Oklahoma's most experienced service and sales staff, Currently offering new customer discounts, a free 10-year warranty with new installations, and they also are uh, Oklahoma's highest-rated and longest-operating Generac dealer. Go to okgen.com or call 405-321-6631. That's 405-321-6631. All right, we have football tonight. We have a couple of games of note, well, three, you throw Tulsa in there. I know the matchup with uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff, uh, you know, doesn't raise your excitement level that much. But we get to see Kevin Wilson's new team on the field at uh, Chapman Stadium. That's an ESPN Plus game, 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, the two big games, well, the, the one that's the biggest, even though Cam Rising isn't playing for Utah, the Utes hosting the Florida Gators, 7 o'clock on ESPN, and then another game of interest is Nebraska at Minnesota. Matt Rule's debut as the Huskers' new head coach. Uh, Nebraska is a touchdown underdog to the Golden Gophers in this matchup. Here's Matt Rule talking about uh, being hopeful for a good start. You know, my challenge to them has been don't get to game four and game five and have the, all of a sudden everything slow down and have the light come on, like, Try to do it now. I talk a little bit about you know getting getting to that first game and there being a messy front end. There's also a messy front end to each season and a messy front end to a new coach. Next year will be so much easier. The guys will know what to expect. Every day that they walk in, Sam, they're kind of like, okay, what are we doing today, coach? And they're such good kids. Like, you know, I had some kids at Temple that were kind of like, well, whatever, whatever you do, I'm gonna. Do. These guys want to do everything right, and so I want them to prepare up until the game. But um, what, what I need to find out is, are they going to be the type of team that just that just goes out and plays and doesn't worry about what happens. That's the only way you can play this game is not to worry about the score, just go play. There you go. Matt Rule. I like him long-term for Nebraska. I've said that I, I don't think Nebraska is ever going to be the old Nebraska again. But that doesn't mean they can't have some success here and there and be a, a solid program. And I, I, I like Matt Rule. I like him a lot. I didn't think he was an NFL guy. Um but, again, I think he's well-suited for that program. What early reports are you hearing on the Huskers? What are you thinking about this Nebraska football team this year? Well, look, Steely, I think Oklahoma football fans, honestly, anybody that followed Oklahoma football last year, if you're taking a look at what Nebraska is dealing with in year one of Matt Rule's tenure, what they have to work with – if you're an Oklahoma football fan or you're somebody that closely tracked what Oklahoma did on the gridiron last year, you understand that a turnaround in year one is much easier said than done. And doing what Sonny Dykes did in his first season at TCU is very much the exception and not the rule. And Oklahoma did not have a great deal of talent in 2022. They had some guys, they had some dudes, but 
all in all, that roster was not where it needed to be for Oklahoma to succeed and be able to compete with the best of the best, the way that they're used to competing. For Nebraska, they're playing, well, how do I say it? They're even further behind the curve than Oklahoma was in year one under Brent Venables. And so similar to Oklahoma in 2023, Nebraska's schedule is not necessarily daunting. And there's definitely a path to bowl eligibility, but it's it's cool. To, you know, it's fun to believe that a new coach is going to step in and instantly turn things around. But realistically, especially when you're dealing with a program like Nebraska that has fallen upon hard times recently and talent wise is nowhere near what it was a decade ago, you have to temper expectations. And so do I expect that Nebraska is going to show signs of life in 2023? Yes. Is the jury very much still out on what the product will actually look like on the football field? Also, yes, because there's just no telling. There really isn't. I would love to be able to come out and give you a hot take as to what Nebraska looks like in 2023, but it ought to be acknowledged that we simply don't know with this football team. All right, uh, give me 30 seconds on uh, Malachi Coleman. How much is he going to play? Yeah. <laughs> Well, now that Eric Gilbert threw a cinder block into a vape shop and got taken down by eight Lincoln cops, Mm -hmm. uh, I would think Malachi Coleman has a very immediate role in Oklahoma's offense because the... And they're and they're not this, they're not playing the same position. Malachi Coleman is a receiver at Nebraska. Obviously, he would have been a tight end at Oklahoma, but Eric Gilbert plays tight end. Malachi Coleman plays receiver. But the reason why the loss of Eric Gilbert is going to help out Malachi Coleman's chances of contributing is because obviously, elite physical specimens like that, especially at a program like Nebraska, are few and far between. So. If you lose one and Eric Gilbert, you're going to need one to step up. And Malachi Coleman is one of the very, very easy guys to identify as a candidate in that regard. All right. uh, Break time right here. We're going to come back. And uh, T.J. Eckert will join us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. We'll talk Sooner football and TU's Open tonight, the debut for Kevin Wilson and the Golden Hurricane. It's coming up next here on the Home of Sooner Fans. T.J. Ecker joining us, Riverwind Casino Hotline. We have the Golden Hurricane uh, opening the uh, Kevin Wilson era tonight at Chapman Stadium, taking on Arkansas Pine Bluff, 7 o'clock kickoff, ESPN+. T.J., I know we're going to talk Sooners here as well, but uh, what's your feeling? Uh, Kevin Wilson obviously had one of the, the greatest offenses in college football history at Oklahoma uh, particularly with that 2008 team that lost to uh, the Gators in the national championship. But uh, what's your feeling on uh, how this Tulsa roster and uh, depth chart is looking, and what's your feeling on the opener uh, with Arkansas Pine Bluff tonight? Yeah, Steely, I think we feel pretty good about beating Pine Bluff. Uh feel pretty confident about that result. Uh, you know, as far as the um, – you know, they released the initial depth chart, and there's some there are some question marks there in terms of, uh, you know, guys that are going to get reps in this first game that maybe earned them in camp but may not be this, the main guy. We saw that with the OU depth chart release as well. I think there's going to be a few of those positions happening. Um, Braylon Presley, the, the transfer from Oklahoma State, a Bixby guy, he comes in and is listed as the starting a starting wide receiver. So uh, that's good. A, you know, dynamic playmaker guy. Hopefully they can 
uh, there at TU. But, you know, it, it, it seems like there's some optimism around the program. Kevin Wilson seemed to like what happened during fall camps, that the guys kind of bought into enjoying practice, which is something that he harped on all offseason long. So, yeah, I think, you know, I think people feel pretty good about it. And, like I said, the, the opener with Pine Bluff's a great little get-your-feet-wet for this team as, before they go to Washington and then welcome OU at home. So this will be a nice little introduction, I think. Okay, TJ, we are two weeks away from me personally making my maiden voyage to Chapman Stadium. I've never yeah. been there before, so I need the lay of the land. What can I expect? What is the experience like when I walk into Chapman Stadium? Well, I can tell you that uh, things will be adjusted for the OU game. We've already gotten an email saying that the media setup will be different uh, for the OU game because there will be much more media there. So you can expect to have the red carpet rolled out for you because we don't typically uh, have this much media coming to a TU game. So that will be good. So expect that. Get there a little bit earlier, Parker. I'm not sure. I'm sure you frequent in the Tulsa area enough, but uh, there's a Coney Islander across the street from Chapman Stadium. So be sure uh, you get here a little early and go get you some Coney's. And then, uh, other than that, yeah, I mean, not not much to expect from a uh, from Chapman Stadium. Pretty pretty basic. I would imagine there'll be a lot of crimson and cream. Uh, not too many uh, too many Golden Hurricane fans. I will say though, you will get your first look at the new Tulsa mascot. We find out who it is tonight at the Pine Bluff game, and then you will get the reveal yourself uh, in Game Three there against the Sooners. So look forward to seeing who the new mascot is there to you as well. All right, uh, hope Owen Ostrowski has a nice year, too. Jerry, yeah. <clears throat> Jerry's such a good dude. It would be great to see Owen okay. making a lot of plays. That would be nice. All right, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the Sooners on Saturday. You're a former quarterback, Bixby, UCO. What are you looking to see out of Dylan Gabriel uh, in this opener and in the early part of the season to know that he's taking that next step? Yeah, for me last year, Steely, something that I, that I thought – needed to be worked on and I just never kind of saw that progression was uh, touch. It just, it just felt like a lot of the throws he made last year were were kind of zipped. Even the deep balls, he didn't put too much air on. And so he had kind of been a guy coming into Norman that was, was known for being able to throw the deep ball really well. And I don't know if it was a lack of confidence. I don't know if it was, a, you know, not trusting receivers, whatever. The, I don't know what it was. I don't want to speculate. But felt like he was almost forcing it a bit too much with the deep throws and on intermediate throws. Too much zip. So I'd like to see a little bit of touch. I'd like to see a little bit more confidence in, in your receivers and, and laying it out there for them to go get it as opposed to trying to put it right on them every time. Um, so that, that's something that I, I just noticed a lot last season. It's like, man, he really didn't give his guy a chance there because he didn't put much air on it. I think that's something, as you get more comfortable with your guys, more comfortable in the system, you kind of you kind of loosen up and you can – it, it sounds dumb, but you can put more touch on passes. You can kind of lead guys to spots and lead guys to open places or or, lead, or put the ball out in front of them on deep balls. That's something I'll, I'll keep an eye on on Saturday. So, TJ, realistically, what do you want to see Oklahoma accomplish against Arkansas State from a team perspective? Like, obviously, we'll be scrutinizing the individual matchups. It's an opportunity for guys like Mar- Marcus Major and Tawi Walker to potentially earn a greater – percentage of the snaps going forward but how much realistically can you take away from a matchup like this if you're an Oklahoma football fan honestly probably not much I mean you know what's going to end up happening is they're they're going to hold them to you know who knows Arkansas State may score a couple touchdowns late and and ruin whatever shutout or really nice defensive performance may the Sooners may be having 
uh, on Saturday, and, and so we'll be able to say, well, they looked really good aside from the you know the second and third string guys allowing some, some garbage time points. Like that seems to happen every year in the opener. Uh, one thing I'm keeping an eye on. I think we've talked about it before, but I'm just curious to see what happens with Jackson Arnold. I would imagine that during blowouts he'll probably get the the you know the garbage time, just eat up clock. But my question has been pretty much all camp, and I don't, and he kind of answered it. Venables did this week during the press conference is is he going to be a guy that gets a package in every game or is he going to be a guy that plays four in red shirts like B? I'm curious to see what his role will be in this offense they made it they sure made it seem like he's going to have a pretty consistent role by saying that you know Dylan's our guy but he won't be here next year I thought that was interesting so it kind of leads me to believe we might see Jackson Arnold in every game in some form or fashion so that's something I'll be keeping an eye on at least in the opener. T.J. Eckert with us on the uh, Riverwind Casino hotline. Uh, what are we thinking about? What does Oklahoma need to get done? Clearly they got to get better in every area, but what is the biggest step you think they need to take this season in terms of really getting ready for the SEC next year? Well, they've done some good stuff even off the field in recruiting. I think they've done a great job kind of bolstering some of those recruiting classes, bolstering some of those positions of need. Um, you know, I think the defensive line is an area that really needs to be sharpened up and beefed up, I suppose, uh, going into the SEC. I like what they've done there. I like what the roster looks like currently with some of the size that they have up front. Um, so I'd like to see the D-line take a step forward this year. Uh, because I think a lot of the SEC is kind of one in the trenches. I feel like the offensive line, for the most part, has been consistent enough through the years that you feel fairly confident with them going into the SEC. I think having a good, solid front seven and and kind of building that front seven through the portal and through recruiting, which they've tried to do, I think that's a big step as well. So that's kind of – I don't know what tangible evidence you can see uh, on the field to say, oh, yeah, that front seven's ready for the SEC, but at least on the roster, the weights – and the, the the size of these guys is that 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 gives you a little bit of confidence uh, as they head into that new conference. Let me ask you an interesting question, TJ, that ties back to a conversation we were having a little bit earlier. Given the overall vibe surrounding the OU offense and specifically the passing attack heading into 2023, you feel like you need to see Dylan Gabriel elevate his receivers, or you need or you need to see more of the receivers elevating Dylan Gabriel. Yeah, I think that's a good question, and it, and it kind of it, it, they kind of go hand in hand. So not the not the cop out there, um, but I, I do think a your quarterback it alone can elevate the receivers, but then the receiving core can also uh, make a quarterback look good too. Like I think you know there was an argument before by some before Joe Burrow came out that is Burrow really that good, or is he just surrounded by the best offense and the best skill set, best wide receiver core? assembled in recent memory and you know that was kind of a discussion that people were having he's obviously proven that he's incredibly talented in the nfl but that can happen you can have an average quarterback look fantastic because you have a good receiver core around you and so i think with the current roster i think at least this season with dylan gabriel i think he's got to be the guy that elevates the receiving core as opposed to the wideouts being the guys who make him look better if that makes sense i think i think gabriel his ceiling and his talent is probably exceeds what they have currently in the wide receiver room now there are a bunch of unknowns in the wideout room and so maybe maybe we're missing something going into the season and they come out and they you know look incredible maybe that maybe that, that'd be great if that happens but i think i think gabriel is one who has to elevate the wide receiver room at least in the current position that we're in right now 
Who is your uh, early favorite for OU Beat Reporter of the Year? <laughs> well, gosh, I'm trying to think of someone that's not named Eddie Radosevich. I'm trying to think. That's always the easy go-to there. Well, I mean, you got Parker Thune, obviously. He's the he's the uh, young guy. Yeah, um, yeah you know. I'd like I would like to see Parker. You know, I saw Eddie run through the uh, the little the tackling dummies. Need to I see some agility him. drills. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Yeah, from Parker, can we do that sometime? I'll make it happen. I'll make it happen. Okay, then you'll you'll, you'll jump high on the what list. What we need, what we really need, is it hasn't been done in like eight years. I've only heard stories. I've never experienced it. But there was at one point an OU media flag football game. Oh yeah! I tell you, oh. get me get me out there on the actual gridiron, and I will state okay. my case. Okay. See that I we need to who do we need to call? Does Mike Halk? Is he the one that put that together? Yeah, Halk would have to coordinate it. <laughs> okay. We need that to make needs that happen. to return. I just always like seeing the uh, photos out on social media. TJ, I give you one more. I give you one more. Sorry, Steve. Right. Eric Bailey. He's going to yes. be my beat reporter of the year. Eric, Bailey. dude. I want, uh, you know, Eric, with what he's been going through, such a great guy. Yes. Uh, he's almost, he's, I don't know if he's the dean, but he's very close to being the dean now. Amen. And uh, that that would be my favorite, too. Uh, with, with all due respect to the aforementioned gentleman, including my colleague here. But, yeah, Eric. All right, TJ, appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. You bet, guys. Talk soon. TJ Eckert joining us. We're here at Cavens Group. we got to take a timeout right here. Some final sports notes. We've got football tonight, and uh, we'll have time for a few texts, I think, as well, before we get locked in. Keep it here on the home of Sooner fans. We are back here at Cavens Group, the one and only Cavens Group, 13 years in the business, giving back to the community the best reputation in this business. Ladies and gentlemen, emergency cleanup, restoration, emergency services, testing and investigation services, roofing, inspection and repair. They do it all here at Cavens Group. Duke the Wonder Dog just wandered back here in the conference room to get a little more attention. Duke is a good dog, very good boy. Super good boy and very photogenic. All right. Uh, we had Gary on earlier. And again, uh, remember, they have a new 800 number now, one eight, or it's just 800-594-4437 in the Oklahoma City metro area. I would put this number in your contacts. Cavens Emergency, something like that uh, would be perfect, 405 405- Five seven three thirty forty eight. Because if you have uh, an emergency situation, boom, just put uh, you know put that number in your contract uh, contacts. Give them a call. They have the most crews in the area. They have the best crews in the area, and they have the best reputation in the area. Cavens Group in Tulsa nine one eight two eight two seven six one two. All right, uh, let's get a few more texts in. Are you excited, by the way, about Florida-Utah tonight, even though Cameron Rising isn't playing, the big tight end isn't playing? Uh, we're still on the OFU train, right? Oklahomans for Utah. Well, I know you are the president of OFU, Steely. So yes, I know that's a game yes, you're I am. For. By the way, that was an awesome game last year when it was played in the Swamp with Utah yeah, driving all the way down, having a chance to win the game in the closing seconds, and then Florida picking off Cameron Rising in the end zone. That, for my money, was one of the best football games of the 2022 season. So if it is anything in Salt Lake City this year, like it was in Gainesville last year, yeah, that game will be fun, at least by Thursday night standards. 
Yeah. Uh, Utah had some chances down in the red zone they couldn't convert. You mentioned, of course, the last one being the most obvious, the Cam Rising interception. Anthony Richardson, the Gators win that game. Uh, and then Florida really, um, you know, kind of fell apart second half of the season under uh, Billy Napier. By the way, uh, also tonight, Nebraska-Minnesota, 7 o'clock on Fox. Uh, the Gators and the Utes, 7 o'clock on ESPN. Tulsa will be playing on ESPN Plus, hosting Arkansas Pine Bluff. Kent State at UCF, 6 o'clock FS1. NC State and UConn tonight, 6.30, CBS Sports Network. South Dakota at Missouri, 7 o'clock on the SEC Network, and Southern Utah and Arizona State, 9 p.m. on the Pac-12 Network. So what about these Big 12 matchups this weekend? Uh, any of them excite you? Kansas State, UCF tonight. Missouri State at Kansas tomorrow night. Arkansas State, Oklahoma, obviously. Central Arkansas at Oklahoma State uh, Saturday night. you got Rice at Texas. Eastern Kentucky at Cincinnati, Texas State at Baylor, UTSA at Houston, uh, Northern Iowa at Iowa State, uh, Southeast Missouri State at K-State, Texas Tech at Wyoming. The two that uh, stand out to me, you got West Virginia at Penn State, and you have Colorado at TCU. And Colorado-TCU, which will be an 11 a.m. Fox game Saturday, is the one that intrigues me the most just to see how Dion's troops fare against TCU. Yeah, well, what do be, you think? It'll be tough to gauge both of those teams off of that game alone because we're going to need a larger sample size before we can conclude. Well, two things: one, how good Colorado actually is, and two, whether TCU is anything close to what it was a year ago. So, yeah, I agree. That game itself presents some interesting storylines, but. I don't know that we're going to draw we're not going to be able to draw any conclusions about Colorado or TCU based off of that game. I think a very underrated matchup on the slate is UTSA versus Houston because Houston very quietly won 10 games last year. UTSA also very quietly won 10 games last year. So those are two teams coming off double digit win campaigns going toe to toe and it's oftentimes one of those week 1 matchups that dictates the direction of an entire season for a program like that, that is coming off a campaign that when you look at the greater, when you look at the bulk of work historically at that program, when they have a season like that, that is something of an outlier week one, the following year is either the week that instills a ton of confidence into that football team, really the first marquee matchup. It either instills a ton of confidence that, okay, we're going to build off last year and we're going to go win 10 games again. We're going to take our game a step up. Or you lose a game like that and it tanks the confidence. You go, well, last year was fun, but it wasn't sustainable. You know, How can we be expected to replicate last year's result once again? So I think UTSA and Houston is an underrated matchup on that slate. There you go. All right. Uh, tomorrow we'll be out at the one and only Riverwind Casino. Can't wait to get out there. Thank you to Gary and the uh, folks here at Cavens Group. Disaster response, water, fire, mold, storm damage, crime scene cleanup there. The very best. Their new 800 number. Program it right into your phone. 800-594-4437 here at Cavens Group. They are the best in the business. They've given away. 
half a million dollars to the local community. They're the headline sponsor of the uh, Crosstown Clash tonight, which you can see on krefsports.tv beginning at 6.30 with kickoff at 7.30 tonight at Owen Field. At Owen Field. All right, tomorrow, can't wait to see Justin and the crew out at Riverwind Casino. They are simply the best. Love doing shows out there. We will be out there tomorrow.